Hello, Dallas lovers, and welcome to All in One Dallas Sports. We are back. We had a little hiatus there for a little bit, but we're back. We're about to get rolling again. Uh, we got a little short pod today, just kind of a second layer, little uh, update pod. We're going to talk about the Mavs again, and we know that they're in their off season, but there's been a lot of turmoil, a lot of stuff going on. I'm sure you already heard about it, but keep your eyes and ears open. Get on Twitter because it's about to be cowboy season, and we will be talking about them in the very next pod. So we're going to start the today's pod with a little bit of bet talk and then get into the maps. Jumping into my bet of the day, it is DeAndre Ayton, 24.5 points boards, the over. Um, he had 20 points last game. He's been averaging around 28.1 points and rebounds over this postseason, so I think he'll clear this number. Um, I don't think he'll score as much as he did last game, but I think there'll be a lot more misses this game. Um so he'll be able to get the boards, especially with the Clippers' small ball lineup. Uh, he's got like four inches on everybody on the court. And from game one, we saw Boogie can only be really used in limited, limited minutes. And Zubac can't play defense, so he shouldn't play. So uh, incoming DeAndre Ayton, uh, 2.1 rebound game. <laughs> now that you said that. My play of the day is... I've been loving the Clippers overs in every series they've been playing. They've been hitting a lot, so I'm taking it again tonight. It's over 223. Mac just said it's going to be a lot of misses. I think there's going to be a lot of makes. Hey, Reggie Jackson might prove me wrong. Hey, you still hit if DeAndre has a 50-point triple-double. So, yeah, I got Lakers, not Lakers, Clippers, Suns over 223 is minus 110. We'll so get back on the winning track. Yeah. And currently I'm seven and two on my plays of the day. Mac is five and three on his plays of the day. So mm. 12 and five making some money over here at all in one. And today there is no lay of the day, unfortunately. But There's we'll have just- next time. We'll have one next time. We're working out our analytics on the baseball mm-hmm. sides of the bet and working on a model right mm-hmm. now. Um, so once that model gets up and we see a starting, once we see a consistent run, we'll definitely be adding in some baseball parlays. But today we'll be talking about the maps. We have missed a lot. Uh, we've both been traveling and there's been a whole lot of news. But later this week, there will be a Cowboy Megapod with multiple guests. Um, as well as we'll be talking about the Stars soon, um, especially with the expansion draft soon, signing of some more vet players that were already on the Stars. So we'll get into the Cowboys and Stars um, with some big podcasts later this week and some guest stars for each. Yeah, uh, we'll but be today, covering everything. Jake, do you want to start off? <clears throat> the Dallas Mavericks. Absolutely, I do. So, we've been talking a lot about the Mavs recently. 
you know, they got, they've been out of the playoffs for well over a week, a little while now, but there's been a lot of news going on with them that we have to cover. So for those of you that don't know, somehow, um, our GM, Donnie Nelson is gone. He is out of Dallas. We have separated ways with him as well as our head coach, Rick Carlisle. After 13 years in Dallas, a lot of news came out about who was really running the team, maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff going on that all, all of us Mavs fans aren't really aware of, which likely led to both of them being out of here, as well as you know minimal playoff success in the last since the championship so what's there's a name that's fluttering around articles uh kind of the shadow gm mac what's that name his name is bob Bulgaris. and what's bob been up to he the okay so let me just tell you who he is um for those who don't know he was a sports gambler who made all of his money sports gambling. Um, and then he created like an analytic model. And a lot of the NBA teams have somebody who's a part of like the team of analytics. And ours is just Bob. And I will say most NBA teams have multiple guys saying, do this, do that. But the issue that ran in with the Mavs was that Bob seemed to be able to make the final decisions, which made him the shadow GM. And you can't really have that. So that was the big issue. It's not an issue of having people saying, oh, what about this? What about that? It's the issue that somebody else was given the power to make the final decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody who was an avid gambler and made his money gambling. Um, So yeah, that was a big issue. And, they also talked about how it's been going on for a while, even dating back to the 2020 draft. He wanted Josh Green and he wanted Tyrell Terry. And I think both players will have good NBA careers, but there's obviously other choices there that would have helped in the more immediate future, um, like the pick after Sadiq Bay. Yeah. And apparent, according to reports, um, it was apparent that Bob's say – on who to draft was the final say because the scouting team for the Mavs was all about Sadiq Bay. They were not consulted on the pick. And we love Josh Green. This isn't hate on him, but Sadiq Bay has found a lot of success with the Pistons. He was first team all rookie. He was a he got an Eastern Conference player of the week one week. And the Pistons are a pitiful team, so it's not too hard to stand out on them. But still, I think it's pretty obvious that, at least right now, uh, Sadiq Bey's got a higher ceiling than Green. Yeah. And uh, if we drafted Sadiq Bey, we would have had the Bay brothers on the yeah, Mavs. Tyler Bey. Um, <laughs> and I will, if you want a really good podcast to listen to, um, go to the Zach Lowe podcast. It's not the one that just came out today. But it's the one that came up before with Tim McMahon. And they recorded the pod before Rick, the Rick news dropped. And he even talked about how Rick would be on the hot seat 
um, how there's a lot of tension um, with just the staff as a whole. Um, talked about Donnie leaving. He talks about Bob. Um, so it's a really good insight to get all three. And Tim McMahon is probably the best national Mavs reporter. Um, him and Mark Stein. Like, they'll break news sometimes before Woj and Chance. McMahon is with ESPN, so he's uh, yeah, he's pretty official. He doesn't know fake reports with McMahon. Yeah. Um, so it's a good pod to listen to. He did a lot. He did one with Brian Windhorst as well. Um, but the one with Zach Lowe's just – it's the same one as all the other ones, um, his comments and everything. So that's a good one to listen to. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim Cato and um, Tim McMahon have both kind of been the breaking news guys for all the turmoil with the Mavs front office. You know, they've been they're kind of once they got insight about Bob Volgaris and his impact because I think probably ninety nine percent of Mavs fans had no clue who this guy was until all this stuff is coming out. And his official job title with the Mavs was Director of Quantitative Research and Development. So he's the numbers guy. He's the numbers guy that is supposed to come in and say what lineups work against, you know, these different matchups, the best players to play together during, you know, he is a gambler. He's, he's a smart guy. He's, he just, sometimes the numbers don't tell the whole story with basketball. You know, are you going to trust Rick Carlisle to make the decisions or Bob? Uh, it just, that's kind of where the, the head came from because I think they're both probably pretty confident in their abilities and it just didn't work out. Yeah. Too many guys trying to make a decision. It's like uh, you've got all these people in the front seat of a car. You've got mm-hmm. Rick, Donnie, Bob, Cuban. I, not, I wouldn't say Luca because he's not the one making it. Since for all these guys, they all want to drive the car. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of who's able to drive it. Um, but yeah. Um, going they all back, need to drive their own car, too. Yeah. Going back to Donnie leaving, um, he has done some great things for the Mavs organization. He was high on Dirk. He got Dirk. He got Luka. He's gotten two generational talents. Um, He was also really high on Giannis. Yeah, he really wanted Giannis, too. Um, But, yeah, in hindsight, glad we missed out on Giannis because Giannis no Luka. um, And I'm, I'm taking Luka. Because he's 22 and better. (laughs) Um, But he's done some great things for the Mavs organization over the time. Uh, He was the GM um, for our sole championship. So just big shout out to Donnie. Um, But yeah, I do think it's time for a new voice. Um, Even though the rumors and everything that's come out recently, he he didn't really have a big say um, the last year. Uh, I think it was just time to clean house, to be mm-hmm. honest. He was the longest tenured GM in the NBA by like a good six or seven years. And we just saw Danny Ainge go. And Danny Ainge was the 
until he was let go, he was the only one that had a GM job longer than uh, Donnie. Yeah, I mean, Donnie's almost been going at it for like two decades. I think it was 2000. He's been with the Mavs organization since the late 90s, but I think he was GM in 03 or 04. I want to say 02. Maybe 02. Early so that, 2000s. Yeah, I think of. it was 02 because it's when Mark bought the team. So around there. Yeah. Um, which is insane that he almost made it two decades. Um, yeah, he did a lot of good one. stuff. but Yeah, but it's still kind of um, crazy. You have the same job for almost two decades, and you win one championship, and your goal yeah. is to put together a roster to win a championship. The time, the time comes, and the time came for Rick, too. I mean, Rick, you know, same thing. Very appreciative. He, you know, the the best coach in Dallas history uh, until hopefully the next coach is better. Uh, you always want to be better, but kudos to Rick. Very appreciative. But I think it was it was time to you know we when you're the most untouchable asset in the Mavericks organization is Mark Cuban, and then below that it's Luca. So when Luca is publicly and visibly basically hating Rick, then you know it's time to go. And he's playing one on one with our assistant coach Jamal Mosley. They're laughing it up on the court, you know, friendly trash talk. They're friends. So that kind of leads us into candidates for those positions. And just one thing on Rick, it's kind of shocking that not a single active player made a single post about Rick Carlisle. And The Mavs haven't been able to lure free agents for a long time to Dallas. And it's, I, I wouldn't say it's all on Rick Carlisle because um, that'd just be unfair and untrue. But to not say that some of it had to do with Rick, mm. um, just because like he doesn't get along with certain players like Rajar Rondo. Rondo's well-known around the league and well-respected. Um mm. He's got one of the highest like basketball IQs ever. Yeah, I mean, he had issues with DeLon Wright. He had issues with Darren Collinson, like even dating back for like he has issues with guards, and um, he's very one of the greatest tacticians in basketball. He's an absolutely floor raiser. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he would take some of the teams we had, and we'd be competitive. Um, yeah, like we've referenced the uh, the 2016 playoffs jokingly a few times, where the Mavs unfortunately matched up with the Thunder first round, which was this the super powerhouse Kevin Durant Westbrook that should have been in the championship, but blew a three one lead to the Warriors. Uh, we won a game against them with a horrible, not I don't know if horrible is the word, but a roster that shouldn't be competing in the playoffs. You know, Raymond Felton, Brandon Wright, Dirk, I think Zaza might have been on that team. Maybe it was a little after, but yeah, just just things like that, like games we shouldn't even be in, playoff series we shouldn't even be in. You know, if you line up the Mavs and the Clippers this year, you know, being optimistic Mavs fans, like, of course we think they could have, they, they could have and should have won the series. But the fact that they jumped up 2-0, won the first two games at home, and just put themselves in such a great position to win, 
uh, you know, it was impressive. Yeah, I mean, like, talking about floor raising, dating back to the 2013-2014 uh, season, um, the Dallas Mavericks played the Spurs and took them to seven. And they won the championship that year. Yeah. Um, DeWan Blair had a usage rate of 20.6. <laughs> like, yeah, I, just... I specifically remember, like, dating back. Like, I remember he got ex- – uh, suspended for game seven for something he did in game six. Mm-hmm. And like, for some reason, DeWan Blair was murdering the Spurs um, throughout that series. It, not everything was popping up on the box score, but just like his defense mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. I mean, we, st- we had like Jose Calderon. Guys like that were some of our best players, uh, like top five players um, in that season. And, he took him to seven. So that's just an example of him being an ultimate tactician and great floor raiser. Um, but sometimes it's just time for a different voice, um, especially the way the NBA is going. There's exactly. not a lot of uh, coaches who have made it deep that aren't players coaches. Mm-hmm. Like Ty Lu, players coach. Even Popovich is, you know, after there, it's not all him to blame. You know, they don't have the – the talent after you've succeeded for so many just like the patriots you know it's there, there's a time where you gotta be bad like come on yeah but, uh, especially in the nba too because people don't play for 20 years right yeah um but like just that whole um about players coaches like steve kerr's a player's coach and like i don't know we haven't seen the success of many coaches who are just like old veteran coaches and like the majority of them are assistant coaches for yeah. younger coaches now or getting different jobs and i think and i think great. a good example is steve nash on the nets you know he's there simply to orchestrate their offense and be cool with them and be, <laughs> essentially i mean yeah he's a younger coach uh, he's probably barely into his 40s, not too much. I don't know. But, yeah, he's there just to manage personalities, kind of like Phil Jackson. Uh, you know, you have three superstars on a team that all want the ball. Uh, but, yeah, like you were saying, just being able to manage players is super key now. Yeah, and, like, you look like Terry Stotts is gone. Um Scott the Brooks Bucks, is gone. The Bucks lose that game seven, but is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and, so in Washington you have uh, Westbrook and Beal, and that it didn't work out. And then Brooks is gone; he's out the window. I actually think that is the least. I actually think that's the worst head coaching job in the NBA right now. <laughs> yeah, just because, just because you have Westbrook, you have Beal. Westbrook has had two awful starts to the season, two years in a row. Okay, Beal hasn't signed the extension. It's kind of like an off-topic thing. But if Beal, you have two guys who aren't good enough to win you a championship, but you're in that middle ground. You have to compete. Mm-hmm. So if Beal gets traded, now you're in a rebuild. Now you're coaching a team you didn't sign up to coach. Maybe mm-hmm. they want to go with a different voice. I don't know. I just think that is like. And then Westbrook is immovable. I mean, there's yeah. no trade for him. But see, I also view it's the Blazers' job as like the second worst job in the NBA. From a yeah. coaching standpoint, because 
you expected to win now, put the talent and the roster on the ta- like the talent on the roster is not there. And Dame is there, but everyone else needs to catch up. Yeah, and like can you're not really going to be able to get championship pieces for the rest of the roster. Like you never get something as good. And especially the way the West is too. Like the West is stacked. Oh, like they yeah, didn't I... even make it out of the first round to the Denver Nuggets. They lost in 6. Which is why it's so impressive their second that, best player. that we took the Clippers. I mean, we'll see how the rest of the playoffs pan out. Clippers are down 1-0 right now. You know, if they win tonight, they got to hopefully for them. Uh, Kawhi comes back soon, but they, I mean, they have a shot to be in the finals. They're in. They have so, a shot to win the finals. Yeah. Like, this is the weirdest playoffs for me. Like, so I feel the like Mavs taking them to seven without a like a solid superstar or not not even superstar just star for the that, that's just consistent the whole series. Not even it's an all-star. Crazy. Yeah, and like you look back at it, like the Jazz lost in six and didn't have Kawhi Leonard for two games. We lost that series because Kawhi had one of the greatest playoff series performances in the history of the NBA. Yeah, he went. He just, yeah. He had a 45-point game six. And his like, defense. And his defense. And it was, like, that, he's the best statistically, he was, like, true shooting in, like, the 70, 80 percentile range. It was just a ridiculous fashion. But, I mean, we saw, which, granted, this isn't the only reason, but having to guard Luka... And be the main guy on offense. Like, I don't know if Kawhi's body can handle it. I mean, he shortly injured after, and um, he has a sprained ACL right now. Yeah, you can attribute that to the lot of work that he's been having mm-hmm. to do, um, especially going down to the Jazz two zero, <laughs> and then coming back to win two games, playing great. Um, a lot of wear and tear on his body. Exactly. So, reeling back to the Mavs. So we got a vacancy at two of the most important positions. That we don't have a head coach, we don't have a GM. And Mark Cuban on the record yesterday was saying that he was in Mavs meetings all morning on June twenty-first. So they're getting the ball rolling. They're they're actively looking right now. So Mac, if you could just handpick any situation for the Mavs. If you wanted, uh, you know, Dirk to be GM and then anyone to be head coach, what would your best ideal situation be? My best case scenario <clears throat> would be Musai Ujiri as the GM, uh, president of basketball operations, and Mosley as the coach. Um, I think the players want Mosley. He's got Team USA connections. And like even like Tristan Thompson tweeted out, who's never been affiliated with the Dallas Mavericks. No. Never. Um, not close friends with anyone on the Dallas Mavericks. Like Nothing when the Mavs tweeted out that Mosley should get the job. He's just a player's coach. And if you watch after every game, he's always going and saying hey to the other team's best players. Like Just well-loved around the league, well-loved in the Mavs organization. Um, and honestly, there's not many coaches out there that I'd prefer 
there, there's nobody I prefer over Mosley, but there's not really any um, that I think to myself, like, he might actually be a better coach for the Mavs. Yeah, like another prominent candidate. Like, I think yeah. I saw on a betonline.ag, Mosley was, I think, minus 110. Yeah, and then next and was, everyone else it was, was Becky Hammonds. I think at like plus 600 or 700. Mm-hmm. Which I wouldn't be upset with Becky Hammonds. She's got a good track record. Everyone speaks very highly of her. Yeah, but I just think she's I think Mosley's out. I think already she's got those relationships. I think Becky Hammonds is holding out till Pop retires. Yeah. She's been on the Spurs for so long. If she doesn't care about being the first female head coach, I think she will just wait for Pop to call it quits. There are rumors about her in uh, Portland, but we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens there. It's Dan Tony, Billups, and Becky Hammonds are the three that are getting second interviews. I think if, if Dan Tony was there four years ago, I think they'd make a serious run. Yeah, same. I think it's just <clears throat> I think it's too late now. But yeah, like best case scenario, Mosley's the coach. He'd be a first time head coach, so I'd want to bring in veteran assistant coaches. Like if Terry Stotts doesn't get a head coaching job, come back back to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas before he got the job, come back to Dallas and just build the staff like the Nets built Steve Nash's staff. Um, and Steve Nash had no coaching experience whatsoever. He was a player development guy that worked like worked out players. Um, like Mosley's been an assistant coach for a while, and he's had a lot of interviews for head coaching positions like across the league. Um, so it's just a matter of time. So that's why I think it's best to hire Mosley because if you don't hire him, he'll leave the Mavs. Um, in the very near future, uh, mm-hmm. just due to the fact that he's well-known and well-loved around the league and is known as a great coach. Exactly. I think he's the only option for head coach at this point. Uh, and, I just I wouldn't venture. You know, he's been here. He's put the work in. Everyone respects him and loves him. You know, it's one thing to respect somebody as a coach, you know, like Popovich, Rick, kind of like the old guys that have been there done that won championships but it's another thing to respect them as like a friend and a person it's very very obvious that mosley and luca are friends they uh they do like one-on-ones before game mosley works with them on his pick and roll drills you know they slap each other punch each other talk trash it's all in, in good fun but i think Mosley's the only guy. Everyone on the team loves him. You know, the video of when uh, Rick was out for COVID, Mosley had to be the head coach for a game, and he won. And the locker room went crazy. Everybody loved him. They're dumping water on him, screaming. Yeah, I think it's Mosley. Yeah, and Jason Kidd's name will be tossed in and out. He'll be interviewed. <laughs> but I think out. that's purely a PR bump for Jason Kidd. Um, yeah. The Mavs will do him a solid. And the Mavs connection, you know, he he played here, but played here, yeah, like a year or two. <laughs> just, uh, just don't, don't want. Yeah, to. yeah, same. Um, and one last thing on Masai. If you look at our latest retweet on Twitter at All in One Dallas, um, it's an audio clip from Brian Windhorse. Um, talking on a radio show and they're talking about how Masai 
There's been no like contract negotiations, and he calls the situation bizarre, um, because he is the best like president of basketball operations in the NBA. It's well known, and mm-hmm. he just there's no information on it. And he talked about how there's rumblings of him talking to other people, and um, I think the Mavs are a big obvious and. When Horse said that the same day, Mark Cuban tweeted about the Mavs um, having meetings going on. Um, and the match stuff, normally, true Mavs rumors, not about like front office issues, but like who they're hiring and who they're going after in free agency, they're pretty under the radar. Like, you never really see like, Oh, Dallas from like NBA Central, like a Twitter account like that saying like Dallas wants this person and the mm-hmm. trade actually happens. Um, they keep all that stuff that you that we've seen heart. about Dallas this off season pretty much been nonsense. Um, like, who was it? I think uh, Mark Spears saying that Luca pretty much wants out of Dallas if Donnie Nelson's fired. <laughs> And then Luca gets interviewed like the same day, and he's like, "Uh, it, I mean, it, yeah, I like him as a friend. I'm upset, but it's fine." <laughs> yeah, it, he literally, Mark Spears said he requested to have a press conference in Slovenia, mm-hmm. but that press conference was set like three weeks prior. It was just an annual press conference, like yeah. for the national team. It wasn't anything to do with Dallas. Of course, he's going to be asked questions about Dallas. Um, just because that's his team he plays for now. Um, but it wasn't like he heard the news, decided to schedule yeah. a press conference. Um, and well, Jay Williams said that Luca will be a New York Nick next year. Like, please. <laughs> physically, <me>. how? <laughs> like, physically Whatever. tell me how that's going to happen. Julius Randle and RJ Barrett for Luca. Like, you'll never know. Luca is not being traded, first of all. And yeah. he. Just said he's signing the deal. So he's a hundred percent signing the two hundred million dollars. Be careful, because there's there's media to trust, and then there's nonsense. If you don't hear, and just go on Twitter, and you can tell who's just trying to spew. I mean, it's Matt like Kellerman, Colin Coward, like Woj, uh, Shams are the four national reporters that Dallas fans should listen to. Mm-hmm. And there's like Tim Cato, and there's a lot of other local reporters. But like, let's getting on first take and seeing that Magic Johnson says Luca will be a Laker <laughs> yeah. this next year. There's no validity into yeah. it. They like, haven't not- talked to anybody. They're just trying to get your ear. So just be yeah. careful what media you're listening to. It's just clip. Yeah. yeah, and all the the jersey photoshops are classic. Yeah. I've seen Luca oh. in a Miami Heat jersey about 50 times. <laughs> I think I've seen Luca in every single jersey in the entire. <laughs> I like, think I've well, seen Luca in a Shanghai Sharks jersey, probably. <laughs> um, but back to the staff. Uh, Jake, medium case scenario. So yeah, so media, so not, not upset, but okay with it not the best situation but just being okay with it i think michael finley being 
bumped up to GM and Jamal Mosley is head coach. I don't want to stray away from Mosley being head coach. I think Becky Hammond would be a medium case scenario. I just, and nothing against her. She's obviously a great coach. I just like the fact that Mosley has the Dallas relationships already and everyone and our most important guy, Luca loves him. That's, that's the thing for me. And Finley has been VP for the Mavs. So he's, He's got experience in the front office. He's Mark loves him. He was good with Rick. Uh, I mean, as far as we know, there's no problems with Luca and Finley. I'm sure they respect each other. But I think Finley would be fine for the job. Just not usually. Yeah, it's just like I think tonight, which is also the NBA lottery, will have a lot to do with the Messiah decision. So the Raptors are currently. Are they seventh? Do you remember? Oh, okay, so the Raptors are currently seventh. Yeah, I was right. Um, and their projected slot uh, for the lottery. But if the Raptors jump up to one or jump up to two, it, I don't know if Masai leaves, especially if the uh, Raptors are offering maybe a little bit more money or something like that. Uh, just because he gets to do what he wants with the number one pick. But at the same time, he wants to be the highest-paid GM. Um, so hopefully we get him. But just like Jake said, I think Finley's not a bad option. It's just there are better options out there. Um, and it's kind of like you're cleaning house now. Luka's about to sign a super extension. Um, this is the time that change needs to occur yeah. to then – like this will be it's go this time. could put potentially be the last coach <laughs> and the last GM of Luca's career at Dallas. If Luca um during his extension and like two years into it says like I don't want to be here or three years into it, I don't want to be like three like four or five years down the road from now, if he's like, I don't want to be here, um like this could be the last uh situation. And that's why I think mm-hmm. like bringing Dirk in was a plus, like Hopefully yeah. his opinion is actually taken seriously and it's just not Mark Cuban running the show. But I feel like I'm an optimistic guy and I'm going to be optimistic until proven wrong and then I understand. But like, I think in my heart of hearts, Cuban realizes that he can't be the one making the decisions and that if he wants to – he's not going to get 20 years of blind faith like he got from Dirk with Luca. And he needs to hand the reins over, clear out Bob. Because I I just – I don't see how Bob returns if Donnie and Rick left. Like, I just – I feel like there's no feasible way that happens. I – if Bob took a significantly lesser role, you know, maybe just on the the stats team, on the analytics team, if he is not – in Cuban's ear, affecting how our coach, affecting the coach's lineups and how the coach is doing things, then if he's just in the shadows, just not making truly like game-breaking decisions, it it might be okay or whatever. But the one thing for me why I want him gone is Luca hates him. <laughs> he yeah. hates him. Luca hates, he hates him more than he hated Rick. 
there was a report of, I think a game, maybe his rookie or sophomore year, not this past year, of uh, Bob was sitting courtside or maybe second row right near the court. And the Mavs were just playing a bad game. They lost. And Luca missed a step back three and was obviously frustrated. And him and Bob made eye contact. And Bob sort of did the, like, push, like pushing his hands down, like, calm down, uh, sort of motion towards Luca. And Luca uh, said, don't expletive tell me to calm down. <laughs> yeah. And, like, even this year, uh, he screamed at Rick Carlisle and said, are you or Bob in charge? Like, mm-hmm. There's just some turmoil. I don't see how he's coming back because also how are you supposed to be able to get a competent GM that thinks he's going to have the reins and would actually come to Dallas if you still have Bob Fokaris? That's true. Uh, like a part of the like, <laughs> staff. That would um, be my first question if I was being interviewed for the spot. Is Bob going to be here? Is Bob yeah. going to be making decisions for me? And his contract is up anyhow, um, so it just seems like the perfect time to part. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I think worst case scenario, which I don't think the Mavs. <laughs> uh, but just... Bob GM, Jason Kidd coach. Oh, um, that would just. I would just go ahead and just uh, sign I up. Would... I would text Luke and ask for a trade. Yeah, uh, that would be probably the most brutal thing ever. But, I mean, dude, it's it's all happening fast. I mean, we've got to get a GM. The lottery is tonight, um, Tuesday, June 22nd. And, yeah, the draft's at the end of the month. So, Or not the end of the month, the end of July. So, I mean, getting a GM is most likely going to happen within the next week or two weeks. Um, a head coach right after that. And it's an exciting time. Um, I'm, a lot of, a lot of parts moving right now. Yeah. A lot of moving parts. So real quick about the, uh, the lottery tonight and the, and kind of about the draft. So if you don't, if you don't care about players that other teams draft, then you don't want to watch tonight because Mavs forfeited their pick this year to the Knicks. That was in the KP Tim trade, just so you know. But yeah. Also, while we're here, do you think what is your honest opinion? We'll each give our own honest opinion. Um, because there's like four guys that were in question coming into this offseason Donnie, Bob, Rick, and KP. Um, we've seen two of them go. We're hoping the third goes and Bob. Do you think KP gets traded or do you think he returns as a Dallas Maverick? I think he returns just because it would it would really, really be frustrating to see us trade him for for something that's not really up to his value. Something if we're taking a hit on the trade, if we're just trying to sweep him out the door and get something while we can, that would really upset me. If if we trade him for better value, I'm totally up for it. If we could get a Zach Levine, Bradley Beal type player, I'm I'm all ears. I'm all for it. But yeah. And I think we keep him. Same. I agree, especially cuz like I don't think his value is viewed that great around the league. Um 
And also, real quick, uh, I've heard also some rumors that uh, KP, uh, KP's bad production, kind of bad year, might also stem from some Rick and or some of those front front office problems. So. Yeah, maybe getting getting Mosley in there, changing the scene up, maybe that helps him too. Yeah, I think changing the system. I don't think you trade somebody when you're bringing in a new system, um, unless you make a big splash, like Jake said, and you can go out and get a player that's uh, above his value, and not just his value viewed around the league, because um, some people view his value. At least, like you see people um, on social media, and like. Dallas fans I've talked to are like, dude, give me like Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. And it's no. like, no, like that's, I, I will keep KP on the potential side over doing something like that. But I think a new system will definitely help him. Um, and, and yeah, the two, two years ago, Lucas sophomore year, uh, when they had the number one offensive rating in NBA history, that was because Steven Silas was our assistant coach at the head time, and he was the mastermind behind that offense. He moved on to be the Rockets head coach. They had a pretty pitiful year, but not really his fault. He was not dealt a good hand. Them essentially trading James Harden for almost nothing. Um, but yeah, just that the change of scenery this last year, all the tension and stuff, probably didn't help him didn't help even off the court you know if you're if your mind is somewhere else or you're you're not happy with your scenario then that's not good it's going to reflect on your play you're not just going to flip the switch and play amazing and and then be super unhappy off the court yeah definitely. so his potential is super 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 high this next year yeah, and I mean, he had the same injury as Jaron Jackson Jr. had surgery after and came back about like five months before Jaron Jackson Jr. did. And like so you've been harping be on, something. like you've been harping on, this is his first healthy offseason with the Mavs too. Yeah, it's literally been his first healthy offseason in like three years. Um, but before we leave, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the conference finals. Um, let's start in the East. Um, Bucks Hawks. Uh, Hawks. The are first really, game is tomorrow. Yeah, the Hawks are a really fun team to watch. But and the Bucks next Bucks Nets series was a riveting series. Uh, that game seven was one of the best game sevens I've seen in a long time. That yeah, was a crazy game. It's the first and, game seven to go to OT since the 06 Mavs Spurs um, when and, the Mavs won. Durant was just something else, but yeah. And if Kyrie Harden is healthy, um, they win that series, no doubt. Um, but <laughs> but they didn't. But yeah, I was just I'm looking at the East, and it is shocking to me that Philly lost. Um, ben Simmons is gone. Uh, um, a lot of people are like, "Oh, Ben Simmons to the Mavs." Here's my thing. 2019, Ben Simmons complained to the front office because he did not like being off ball. Like, Ben Simmons is due more money than KP, longer contract than KP, and 
in my opinion, I still think if KP comes back and looks great, uh, you get more value for him. And I just think he has the potential to be a better player because Ben Simmons just cannot shoot. He shot 34.2% from free throws on a minimum of 70 attempts. He missed 48 free throws through his first two playoff series, which was almost more than this, who was it? the Suns and maybe the Clippers combined. It was close. It, he had 20 more misses than the Suns, the whole Suns team. Yeah, which is which just mind blowing. It's just mind boggling. It's also mind boggling to me how different the East and West are. Like, I've really been enjoying watching Trey Young and this young and veteran, kind of savvy Atlanta team. Um, yeah, they're good. But the fact that they can close games with Lou Will and Trey Young and win, like, I don't know. Uh, this was obviously the perfect path for them to get to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, they just haven't played a guy that can go out and get their own bucket. Like, mm. if they played the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals, I would have hit the over on every game. I would have <laughs> slammed Nets 4-0. The Nets were healthy. would be 4-0 series. Like, just the way that Kyrie, James, and KD would switch on to Lou Will, um, Gallo, uh, Trey yeah. Young. Like, the Bucks are a great defensive team, too. Yeah. And, I mean, Drew Holiday is going to be in Trey Young's face the whole time. So, PJ so. Tucker. Um, but, like, that's what I'm just saying. Like, Luka literally made it impossible for certain players to play. And, and like, that happens throughout every NBA, like, series in the West, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But in the East, um, like you saw, like, as much as I – wish we didn't trade Seth Curry and as much as we all know we lost that trade. So that's I'd still take Seth Curry, but just to point out the fact that like Kevin Herter led that team in game seven because of Seth Curry's defense. Like his offense is great. His defense isn't. Um still obviously we would have he would have been a lot better than Josh Richardson for us. But just going to the fact that everybody picks on weak defenders, um the Hawks just haven't run in, in, into any team that can do that yet. Um, the Hawks can do it to teams, though. Precisely, and the Bucks, they just they've shown they're a really really strong team. And they, everyone was talking, even that first round matchup, people were picking the Heat to beat them. You know, like because last year the Heat did beat them. That was probably a little bubble luck, but Bucks swept them, and it wasn't close. They killed them. And yeah. even beating the Nets, you know, if the Nets are fully healthy, they beat the Bucks. I think that's unquestioned. But, you know, they beat them. And yeah, it is what it is. Give, KD give definitely was dude. not bad. KD was an assassin. He was playing some of his Slim best Reaper. playoff basketball ever. So it wasn't a cakewalk. And... Even if you take Kyrie and Harden off that team, uh, beating a super hot KD is a challenge all on its all on itself. Yeah, um, Bucks are my favorite or my new 
favorite to win the title. Mm. Uh, just because I don't know the health of Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Bucks give the Suns a lot of matchup problems. Um, even though the Suns, I'd love to see Chris Paul to get a title. Um, but I don't know. I they got to get past the Clippers first, and the Bucks have to get by the Hawks too. I just give the Hawks, or I give the Bucks a better chance to make the finals than I do any of the Western Conference teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe I'm still sleeping on the Hawks, but I'm gonna say Bucks and five. Yeah, I might say Bucks and five or six, just because they beat a 76ers team where the 76ers' best player had a torn meniscus, and their second best player decided he can't shoot the ball from the free throw line, and he's scared to dunk it. Like that dunk that he passed up was a game changer because then they come down the floor. Miss a basket, but then the 76ers miss, and then Trey Young hits a three, and it's game over. Mm. Like that was the deciding factor in the game. Um, yeah. Which they blew like a 25 point <clears throat> lead. They had four leads of 20 plus in that series the Sixers did, and they lost two of them. Like that's just pitiful. They didn't um, deserve it. Yeah. They were my Eastern Conference Finals pick. Um, I actually I'll have to go back and see who. I think I said Nets. I so. think I had him in the finals. Because um, I just, I mean, I also didn't expect Joel Embiid to tear his meniscus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also didn't expect Ben Simmons to turn into um, Anthony Bennett. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Clippers Suns, I think. Hopefully, I mean, Chris Paul and Kawhi, are, they're both missing game two, they're both hurt. You, you hate to see it. You know, obviously, we wish they were both playing. So, both teams are figuring out how to play without their... I don't know if Chris, Chris Paul's a one or the first or second best player. I think it's him or Booker on a given night. But Yeah, I'd say it's Booker and then CP and then Aiden. Mm-hmm. And, like, almost it's close. But, like, the Clippers, and, I don't know. Don't count Clip- them out. Quick sidebar about the Clippers. Uh, let's give Ty Lue some credit now. He's yeah. He's finding ways. You know, after that Jazz series, uh, he found ways to win. Clippers are legit, and you know you're. T- that small ball change against the Mavs is what won them the series. They yeah, would they not the have won against the Jazz too. And it, it worked, and that that was against. You know, the Mavs don't really have the dominant big or rim protector anything like that and the jazz have the defensive player of the year who's one of the best rim protectors ever <clears throat> and they were running him off the floor on yeah. shots that rudy gobert contested in that closeout game they were 12 for 15 on him yeah they uh that was at the rim and outside did you hear paul george's quote about deandre aiden i did not he talked about how he had more of a down-low presence on offense and defense than any other big that they faced so far. <laughs> Not Boban? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, man, this Clippers team. Yeah, they're... I mean, Terrence Been man. down 2-0 two times in a row. Um, I'm not going to count them out of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They've proven they can win on the road. They've proven they can win at home. Um, and they are just a hot shooting team right now. And I have Kawhi. If you told me Kawhi and Chris Paul come back in game three and the series is tied, or even if the Clippers are down 2-0, it's and, – and, and like Kawhi's healthy. Like we obviously know Chris Paul's relatively healthy. Um, it was a COVID issue, and his shoulder didn't seem to affect him in the Nuggets series whatsoever. So – but if Kawhi comes back healthy, I'm taking the Clippers still. You know? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it all rides on Kawhi. I mean, they're not winning it. They're not winning it all without him. But if he's back, then look out. Yeah, and like the Reggie Jackson is becoming a very, very, very good point guard. Um, mm-hmm. Initiating the offense, hitting the three, getting to the back. <clears throat> Um, in the mid range, but yeah, it's a interesting series. Game two is tonight. Um, yeah, I I almost made my bet of the day the Clippers money line. I Ooh. I kind of like the Clippers tonight. Um, no CP three again. Does Devin Booker have a forty point triple double again? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna count on no. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna think no. Does DeAndre Ayton shoot ten for thirteen and twenty points? Maybe just because of their small ball, like, but I don't know if he'll get twenty. I mm-hmm. think he'll get a good. I think he'll get a good fifteen and eleven, and let my bet hit. And I also think Paul George will go off tonight and have a great night. Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Batum, Marcus Morris played horrible. You know they mm-hmm. he's so up up and down in the air. Um, some games he plays great. Some games he plays awful. Um, but yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. We got uh, game. Uh, we got Clippers Suns tonight, and then we got Bucks Hawks tomorrow. And that'll be game one for Bucks Hawks, game two for Suns Clippers. So we're eager to see what happens. But Absolutely. Um, next time we got the Cowboys Megapod. Coming, we're gonna be straying away a little from the Mavs. Uh, you know, this season's over. Uh, we're just kind of waiting on them right now. We'll see what happens. But be sure to check us out on Twitter at All In One Dallas. We're active. We got polls going. You can vote on them. Oh, and if you get active, you can be entered in the Follower of the Week competition. What's Follower of the Week? You might ask. Well, Mac will explain it to you. It is where we pick the three most active followers on Twitter, and we will do a giveaway each week for $10. And for those of you who are wondering, we did miss last Friday. Uh, Based on the travel um, for both of us, uh, we are unable to do it, so we will incentivize this week even more. Um, Mm. And we'll be looking at the most active from the past week and this week as well so get active talk to us get active get on there go vote go like go retweet join jj berea as one of the followers of all in one dallas yeah that's right jj berea follows us and you don't also he'll be um i'm fully confident he'll be an assistant coach um kind of last thing um you saying jj berea he'll absolutely be an assistant coach this year um we're gonna. I think the Mavs are gonna do what they're supposed to do this off season. That's yeah. the last thing. 
Give the fans what they want. But check us out next time here at All in One Dallas Sports.